You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Great. Another huge win. Yay. You know, I'm going to, Jimmy, just call me Michael Scott for today's podcast because here's the deal. I will. That, Don't call me Dwight. Don't call me Dwight. Because I'm going to be a good manager. And what I'm going to do, a good manager, when something's going well, they try to bring up a few negative aspects that you could do better. When something's going poorly, they try to tell you, they try to pick you up. They try to tell you, hey, let's look on the bright side here. It's not as bad as you think. And I think the key is um, maintaining a balance. And look, everybody's listening to this, watched Alabama, Florida. They know we were up 21 to three. They know we then proceeded to score just 10 more points in the next three quarters, which is unheard of for this uh, generation of Alabama teams. And they know defensively we were pushed around. We were whipped. We were spanked along the lines. I I would say offensively and defensively. And, but here's the good news. While everybody's pitching a fit, while I listen to Chris Doring, who predicted a Florida win, which wasn't that far off base, but he predicted a Florida win, and I lit, watched him on um, SEC now, or SEC final after the games, um, and he was like, yeah, what? Well, we need to talk about Al- the problems with Alabama. We need They got problems. And then CBS Sports says, they're chinks in the armor. They're, there's problems. Hey, no shit, man. We've got a brand-new quarterback. Brand new receivers. Uh, uh, yeah, a senior running back, by the way. We'll talk about Brian Robinson later. No relation to me. Um, and But overall, our running backs are all new. We, uh, we've got a bunch of new stuff even on defense. Even though I think the defense is still immensely talented, we, we knew we weren't solid along the defensive line. We thought we had some good players, but they didn't play well yesterday. There are definitely some chinks. But we still, as a team – went into the number 11 team in the country, their fifth largest crowd ever. Uh, several of our players say this is the loudest they've ever heard anything. And we go in there with all these new things, bad weather. Uh, the weather wasn't bad necessarily during the game, but this field was not in great shape. And um, get pushed around a little bit and still come out with a win. That's a positive. Let's be positive. And look, let's try and get this stuff ready because here's the thing. We're going to sit around and wallow about how Oh, woe is us because Florida pushed us around a little bit. Well, then guess what Ole Miss is going to do? We we just got to get better, and we can do it. We got the talent, and we got the dudes that are coaching. Um, Pete Golding notwithstanding. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think everybody needs to take a step back and realize we only are upset about that game yesterday because of the standard we've set, which is practically unreachable. So let's take this two-point win at the Swamp. And realize that uh, we've now won eight in a row against Florida. We've won 17 games in a row overall and 32 straight against the SEC East. And say, Whew, got out of that one. Now let's go whip somebody else's ass. Yeah, uh, I tried to bring it up all week. Not that I brought up that the, the game will be tied. I predicted 34 to 20, and I was wrong. We didn't win by by 14. And and but but one thing I brought up consistently. And, and, and I'm, it's going to lead to a question for you, Luke, which is how many teams playing college football in 2021 would have beaten Florida in Florida yesterday when you factor in 
that the crowd was huge and loud and Florida played as well as they possibly can. Who all beats Florida yesterday? Georgia? Yes, uh, in my opinion. Clemson? No. Oklahoma? Not so sure. Iowa? Give me a break. Uh, I mean, who beats? So, so the point is, we're upset we only won barely and may not have deserved it, but we won barely, and we're upset, and I'm upset too. We all are. But the point is, there's probably only one other team that, in, in, that plays college football that would have won that game yesterday in the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm not a thousand percent sure they would have. I mean, I think so. They have kind of quarterback issues sort of different than ours, but I'm just saying that we, we – I'm, I'm a, I've been saying for years we're spoiled. We're probably more closer to ruined than spoiled. Yeah. But does that mean that Alabama doesn't have problems and we should stop complaining because everything is perfect? Oh, hell no. Everything is not perfect. It's hard. This is a hard sport to dominate, which is what the expectation is, right? The expectation isn't to win every week. And, and, and win the West and get to Atlanta and win there and make the play. No, the expectation is beat the shit out of everyone every week. That's the expectation. And if that's the expectation, we got a long way to go for this team to get to that level because we aren't good at two things that Gene Stallings said 100 years ago you have to be good at. And I know the game has changed. I, I, I fully know that. But I don't think the game has changed so much it's unrecognizable, and Gene Stallings' rules still exist, and that is stop the run, run the ball. That's how you win football games. We cannot stop the run, and frankly, on offense, we don't run it that well. It starts at the line of scrimmage. Florida beat our ass on the line of scrimmage yesterday, both sides, just like you said. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about prize picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-majors you might not have even heard of. Prize Packs offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of our users need to go deposit immediately and start to play prize picks. It is so much fun. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus prize picks, the projected numbers. That's it. And it's so easy. Go to prizepicks.com. They also have an app. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. It's so much fun. You will absolutely love this site. Prizepicks.com. Trust me on this. You will thank me later. All right, Jimmy. Um, yeah, okay, so let's get in the weeds a little bit here. Bryce Young, I think, was still a positive because, let's again, you can say that there were some moments where he showed his inexperience. He certainly could have walked in for a touchdown, it looked like, from my TV angle. Um, and I knew some people that were at the game, they were like, yeah, it sure felt like he could walk in. But, you know, uh, I think maybe he's been so conditioned to pass first. Yeah that he didn't – I don't think it's – he's scared. I think he has been taught, don't don't right. you run because you weigh 106 pounds carrying a barbell of five pounds. So don't don't run if you don't have to. Now, he did make one run and get his first down, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought Bryce Young did pretty well. 
considering first road start. And again, that was the fifth largest crowd in Gator history, and the crowd was incredible. Kudos to them. I'm appreciating them as a college football fan. Um, the running backs, Brian Robinson, hey, man, I appreciate your grit. I do. I, but let's also – and he did have a great move on his reception for a touchdown. But let's also say we just don't have an explosive running back that's getting carries right now. Maybe Kamar Wheaton is that dude. Hell, maybe Rodell Williams is that dude. But we don't have anybody that I'm that I think can go 75 yards on any given moment. Even though Jason McClellan did it last year against Arkansas, I think Jace can do it. He just hasn't sprung free, and that's on Jace. And I'm not saying that. Uh that he's regressed, or maybe it's the offensive line, frankly, which we know isn't as good as last year. I mean, three guys from that group are like in the NFL from last year. So uh, we know it's not as good as last year. Uh, Jace is clearly explosive. I I think he's one of the crazy anomalies on the team. You look at his touchdowns. You look at some of the big plays he made. He made another play or two yesterday that was just outstanding. His special teams touchdown – I know it was against Mercer, but it was fun, and he showed some real athleticism on it. Jace is weirdly doing great and doing poorly at the same time because the one thing he's not doing well is being productive when the quarterback hands him the ball. He, he, he is, he's a running back, and their first job is to make something happen when the quarterback hands him the ball. Jace has done next to nothing when the quarterback has handed him the ball over three games, not just yesterday over three games, but when you throw in the ball, magic happens. When he's in special teams, he's one of our best players. Uh, it's crazy, but he, he just hasn't broke free. I think he's fine, and I think Brian's doing well. His numbers were very good yesterday, 5.2 yards a carry, you know, when he carried the ball about 15, 16 times. That's, that's really good against a quality defense, and Florida certainly has some dudes over there. I think Brian's fine. But there is no question, Luke, no question we've got to run the football better. I'm going to point to the guys up front first because, uh, I, 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 again, I think Brian's a good player. I think Jace is, is, a, is a good athlete. I would like to play one more of the backs, whether it's Trey or Roy Dell. I think Kamar's hurt. Trey is still not totally 100%, in my opinion, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I think he's getting there but I don't know that he's 100%. Uh, Let's see what happens this weekend when we're likely to play a lot of players. Southern Miss is really bad. We'll talk about the Southern Miss game more later in the week, but but one thing I think about, poor Southern Miss. I mean, this is a historically bad Southern Miss team. I mean, sometimes they're not good. This is an atrocious Southern Miss team. And they probably could have counted on when the schedule came out, Luke. They're like, oh, thank God. We play Alabama in between Florida and Ole Miss. They won't give a shit about us. It's a total sandwich game for them. We're going to get the 50% Alabama effort and probably only lose 35 to 10. But, oh, no, 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 no. Alabama has to work on stuff. Alabama's going to be mad. Coach Saban's going to be whipping them all week long. And there's a pretty good chance Alabama's going to come out against Southern Miss in a bit of a frenzy and the score, especially with a night game and with the cool lights, and the weather's going to be cool. And uh, I, I'll give you a preview. It's not an official score. We'll do that uh, later in the week on Friday, Luke. But I'm, I'm leaning to something like 63 to nothing. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. And by the way, the good news just keeps rolling in. Tua Tungvaloa now out of the Dolphins game with a rib injury. He questionable to return. He got carted off. But and Levi Wallace just intercepted uh, whoever their backup is. So that's pretty cool, though. Um, and Najee wow. Harris also stiffed armed the soul out of a human being in the Raiders game. Najee Harris literally eating all over Twitter. He just he stiffed armed him back into the third grade. That guy is having to retake grades three through 12 starting today right now. Class is in session, biatch. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, Jimmy, let me go ahead and do these other two live reads, and then we'll talk uh, more about this. But, highlight uh, of the show. They are highlight, highlight of the show every day. Uh, Built Bar, Built.com. You go to Built Bar and try them out. You will love Built Bar. They're they're awesome. They're delicious. They're fun. They're fun to eat during an Alabama game, especially if you're nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof like I was. Is that what you say, a cat on a hot tin roof? Or cat long-tailed cat in the room full of rocking chairs? Whatever. Who gives uh, it? I, like, uh, I don't say either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they both kind of suck now that upon upon further review. Um, yeah, so Built Bar, look, go to Built.com. You will love them. They're delicious, nutritious, good for a keto or a keto diet, covered in chocolate, gluttony of flavors, a glutton of flavors. I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm sort of out of it because I stayed up late for that Auburn game, but i tell you what helps me get my mind right, and that's Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code Locked On, get that discount, and you will love it. Go to Built.com, check out Built Bar. Also, Sweat Block, doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. They sent us some some uh, samples, and they're fantastic. You got deodorant, you got these wipes, and here's the deal. So for this is what you do. You put the wipe under your arm, you know, you wipe your under your arm on a Sunday night, go to bed. You don't have to wear an antiperspirant for the rest of the week. It's great. It's actual sweat block. It's literally, what a name. I mean, perfect. Um, Cause it blocks sweat. It's kind of cool. Best seller on Amazon for the past 10 year, years, over 13,000 reviews, currently number one in Amazon antiperspirant category. They're currently number one. But if you go to sweat block, and you use promo code locked on, you don't go through Amazon, you can get 20% off at sweatblock.com. You can go to Amazon, maybe you got Amazon points or whatever, or you can go to CVS and get it. But you know what? You'll really love it if you go to sweatblock.com, give them a whirl, use promo code locked on. Seriously, go check out Sweatblock. Jimmy, I want to say something else. And again, I said we got in the weeds. We didn't really get in the weeds so much on this last thing, but I just broad brush here. I kind of enjoyed um the the anticipation the the stress the um the angst of the game it's it's rare as an Alabama fan we get to deal with football game angst and now we do in a in an Iron Bowl occasionally because because I just like Auburn that much and I always want to beat them however much and I always feel like they're going to come back but in a game like this when we're up twenty one to three I kind of was thinking like oh man you know we're going you know bludgeon a baby seal again and that's not what happened, and it, I was glad to see us hang in there and get that win. I, I know there's a lot to critique. That's that's fine, and I think that's fair, and that's what Nick Saban's being paid for. So that'll happen. But it was kind of cool watching this to the end and, and knowing that my passion had not died for it. I mean, you and I do this podcast for very little money, so we obviously love the University of Alabama. However, when it comes to football, it's it, – especially for me, like growing up in the Gene Stalling days, going to college in the Gene Stalling days, every game was angst ridden. It didn't make a shit who we played. We beat, if we won, we always won 17 to seven. Didn't make a shit what the line was, who we're playing. We could play a Pop Warner team. We're going to win 17 to seven. 
And it was always like we scored late to put it out of reach. But under Saban, and God bless Nick Saban, I love him. This is a lot of fun. We beat everybody 100 to nothing. And it can, you can sort of, it can lose your attention. Well, this game had my full attention, and I was glad to know. It's sort of like um, going on a, like having a date night with your wife after you've got three kids and like, you know, y'all, everybody's been busy and all this stuff, and y'all go out to dinner, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I think I just saw a nipple slip out. What do you think? What, what do you think we? What do you think we hit back to my car to make out a little bit? You know, it was good to know I still got the passion for it. Well, yeah, I wrote on my uh, analysis blog on uh, on three sports this morning that uh, we sort of got to enjoy everything. We got one quarter of joyless murder ball, and then three quarters of joyless football. It was it was sort of the. That's it's sort of That's the whole good. thing. It was That's sort good. of the whole thing. I mean, we got our we got our standard murder ball in the first quarter, which is always you know joyless because it's what we expect. Because you go into the game, and you're like, oh man, this is fun, Florida in the swamp, and then you start beating the ever living shit out of them, and then you're like, oh well, it's just <laughs> actually it's just another saving game where we destroy a team's will to live that was thought to have been competitive with us, and then boom, the light switch flips, and then it's three quarters of the football everyone else gets to experience, which is the ups and the downs and are you going to lose and you're going to throw up because you might lose and then you're going to throw up because you might win and then it's just dizzying and it's real football and it all comes down to what amounts to Florida missing an extra point. I mean, if, if Florida doesn't miss that extra point, they don't have to go for two late in the game. They just kick an extra point and go to overtime. And does anyone think, going into overtime where they've had the momentum for full three quarters, that could have gone well for Alabama. It would have taken uh, a miracle. So the miracle was they missed an extra point, and we all yawned, like, eh, whatever, 21-9, to nine, whatever. Ends up deciding the whole game, frankly. It, it really did. Um, it wasn't a great day for officials. And it, what's funny is everybody's bitching, which in a way means, okay, maybe they did their job because it was universally bad. But I found it kind of funny that some of the um, the Florida fans are like, yo, leave it to Alabama to come into town for our clock to quit work, working. I'm like, y'all know that helped y'all more than hurt you, right? Because yeah, it's their clock. It's, 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 it's their clock. clock. Yeah. And, but, and secondly, um, it hurt our – I mean, we didn't know yeah. – they're keeping on the field, so we don't know how much time's left and what kind of – I mean, we know we need to run the ball. But we did. It would have helped to know. Okay, we need to do it. It's almost one second on the game clock or whatever. Uh, it, anyway, it, it, that was screwy. And then the uh, you know they had some wonky pass interference stuff. I'm I'm very confused about what pass interference is, what targeting is anymore, um, and non calls too. Uh, and then in the Auburn game, it was downright pathetic where they they t- I've seen Colorado get an extra down. I don't know that I've ever seen a team lose a down. And again, you know, a lot of people were like, well, James Franklin should have said something about that. If you watch the game, he was he was like, y'all know we got another down, right? Hey, we got another down. They're like, nope, fourth down. That's your opinion. He's like, no, I know how many downs <laughs> that's, you your, that's your opinion. <laughs> and, and so then they punt. They can't do shit about it. Um, yeah. and, and then, uh, boy, I just got to say, I, I was kind of – I was moderately impressed with some things – from some other SEC teams. I, I think Georgia should be number one team in the country. I'll go on record saying yep. that. I think they should be. Totally agree. Um, I would vote Georgia number one today. I would. And I'm not trying to send a message to Alabama. Yeah. 
I'm trying to say who has been the best team in college football this year? And the answer is Georgia. The only game they didn't play great, they beat a top-five team away from home. And there are other games they've played fantastic. And, uh, yeah, Georgia should be number one. I think Alabama should be number two, I think, because I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm uncomfortable even putting Oklahoma three. They've played poorly in two three. of their three games. And, uh, but I guess they'd still be number three. The team, to me, that's getting short shrift is Penn State. I mean, and who, they've beaten Wisconsin and Auburn. How, how are they back there around 10 somewhere? They've beaten – that's two good wins. I mean, I know Auburn and Wisconsin aren't Alabama and Oklahoma, but who, who has two better wins than Wisconsin and Auburn? Nobody. Yeah. So that, well, that, they should probably be three. Well, and it's not us because I would have said us if Miami had somehow been able to meet Michigan State, which they couldn't. Yeah. Um, but now yeah. I definitely that Miami say win doesn't look good. Yeah, and they almost lost that to Michigan State too. They almost lost that State last week. Yeah, they did. And meanwhile, here comes Lane Kiffin lurking in the tall grass, and he's got to be licking his chops at some of the defense he saw from us. Because um, here's the deal. Matt Corral, he's not as a proficient a runner as uh, Emory Jones is, but I'll tell you this, he's a much better passer. Oh, hell yeah, and he can run it. Don't, don't think on third and eight. He can't beat you to the sticks. He will. I mean, he, he's, he's a good athlete for a guy who is a passer first. And this, see, this is where our, our buddy Gary Rim loves making fun of me over this, and, and understandably so, um, because I'm so obvious about it. But it's, even though I criticize recruiting rankings at time, I mean, I have my, my issues with this ranking or this ranking and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I think on three is going to have a great solution to all of it myself, but I say that to say this, I'm always discombobulated over the fact that I worry that we're not as good as Ole Miss and that they're going to beat us because I went and looked at the roster this morning and I tweeted about this and it's gotten no response. I thought when I tweeted this, it might go viral. Instead, it's got one response and two likes. And I thought, shit, this could get out everywhere. But I, I went and took the time and I added it up. I went to the Ole Miss roster and I looked at the 24-7 composite, they have 19 four-stars and one five-star on their entire roster. Alabama has 65 that are four-stars or five-stars. Mm. They have 20 total, one five-star, Ely, the running back, who's a good player. And I believe... I need to go back and look because I want to break it down by position. I believe they have no four- or five-star linemen. None. Wow. And yet, what's going to happen at the line of scrimmage? And when, if we don't play well and we give up 50, anybody that says, well, that's just college football in 2021, I'm going to murder. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not all the games are 50 to 48. They're not. Mm. So, yeah, I, I just add up. I mean, and, and, and hey, credit to Kiffin, who's hired a good staff and who's got these guys believing and playing hard. But I'm just saying that if you care, if you care about recruiting rankings at all, then what do you make of this? You know? I'm with you, man. 
Uh, it's going to be something we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, and we'll talk more about Florida and the rest of the SEC tomorrow because um, I think things just got a little bit tighter all the way around. I mean, and I'll tell you that Arkansas A&M game coming up this weekend could be a yeah. lot of fun. So, Who would have thought Jimmy, that would be the biggest – to me, it's the biggest game of the week. I totally in, agree. In, in, the country, in the country. To me, it's bigger than Wisconsin-Notre Dame, which is going to be the game day game and get a lot of attention, and I think it's the big noon kickoff game. And But to me, Texas A&M, Arkansas is the most intriguing, best game in the country. And I mean this as a half joke, but uh, did anyone else have Michigan and Rutgers both at 3-0 and on their bingo card for this upcoming Saturday? Chopper is that game be. even on TV? It might not even be on TV. Um, <laughs> versus Rutgers, they're both 3-0. and All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with more on this Florida game. So until then, roll tide, 3-0. and Roll tide, nine to go.